Welcome to the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday podcast from Life Dean. Reflections on the upcoming Catholic Mass readings so you can make the most of your Sunday. Here's your host, the Bible geek, Mark Hart. Welcome back to the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Mark Hart. This week, we're taking a look at Passion Sunday, Palm Sunday, a very unique and rare Palm Sunday, given the state of events in our world. Let's pray and let's get to it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, be with us in this time, this podcast. Lord, be with us in the coming days. Lord, help us to enter in more fully to your passion. And Lord, we pray in a special way for all those who are being affected by the virus, the, the victims, Lord, those who are, who are currently fighting this horrible disease, those who are fighting against this disease, Lord, all of our healthcare workers and our, our first responders, all those who are still working in essential businesses, Lord, to make sure that we keep functioning and keep moving forward. Lord, put your hand upon them. Lord, pour out your sacred blood upon our world. And Lord, please have mercy on us. Forgive us our sins. Lord Jesus, we love you. Amen. Now, I have a special invitation for you this week. There's, these are long readings. Palm Sunday is are the longest readings of the year. And my, my encouragement to you this week, my, my hope for you this week, is that you would take the time to work through each of the readings. And even if you can't read through all four of the readings, even if you can't uh, read through all five of the readings, excuse me, for Palm Sunday, if you can't do it before Sunday, that's okay. You still have time this Holy Week. And I would encourage you to enter into each one because there's details in each one that are really powerful. There's details in each one that are very, very uh insightful. Like this first one, the first reading is where we enter in with the procession of palms, okay? So that's Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. And you're going to hear as he enters in this famous story, and they're going to start chanting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed be the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna is Latin from the Greek word Hosanna, which is from rabbinical Hebrew. And the word Hosanna actually is a cry for help. Hosanna means save us, we pray. Please come and save us. So when they're calling Christ Hosanna, it's more than just a title, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's an exclamation. It's a proclamation. It's an invitation. It's the people saying, Lord, please come and save us. These are the people who have been living under Roman rule, the people who have been oppressed. These are the people who are hoping that, that Jesus is going to be a warrior king. And, of course, the king that they see over the next few days in the temple area, the king that they see who's going to be nailed to a cross, is not the type of king they thought was coming. But when he comes in, they're all hailing him, they're waving the palm branches, they're throwing down their cloaks. How quickly things change. But enter into that first reading that we read before, like the procession of palms was read before Mass. The first reading then from Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 through 7. And this is one of the prophecies of the suffering that Jesus is going to go through. But yet remember, when Isaiah gave this prophecy, it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, almost 800 years before Jesus was born. So in this, you hear these words like, um, the Lord has given me a well-trained tongue. I have not rebelled. I have not tried to turn my back. I give my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard. I, my face I did not shield from spitting. This is this, this prophecy, but this foreshadowing of what's going to happen to Jesus, especially as he's being tortured and scourged at the pillar, mocked by the guards. It's horrible. Then you move on to the responsorial psalm, Psalm 22. And when you hear this first line, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? This is the this is the psalm. Jesus is actually quoting this psalm from the cross as he's suffering on Good Friday. And it sounds as though God feels Jesus feels abandoned by God the Father. It sounds as though he's angry at God the Father or, or he's somehow um, lacking faith. That's not the case. When you actually read this psalm and you hear the ends of this psalm where he's saying, I, I will praise you, God. All the descendants of, of Jacob will give glory to you. That even as this person is suffering, as you're going to hear about in the first verses of the psalm, 
when you get to the end of Psalm 22, what you find is that the person who's suffering is still praising God, still trusting in God. And ultimately, because of that praise and that trust in the end of the Psalm, the, the one who's suffering is going to be vindicated, is going to be, is going to be exalted, is going to be saved. So it's this beautiful thing. So when Jesus is saying, well, my God, my God, why are you abandoning me? He's quoting the entire psalm, not just the one line. He's trying to, for the people that knew the psalms back then, they would have understood. He's not just saying this one line. He's actually pointing us back to the entire story of the suffering servant who's going to be vindicated and saved by God. In reading, the second reading from Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11, this is some of St. Paul's most beautiful writing. And it's so beautiful because it's so simple. It says, he did not deem equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. It's interesting, grasping. That was the idea of Adam and Eve in the garden. They grasped for something. And he and in, in this, he's talking about Jesus did not, did not grasp this. Okay, he was It was given to him. He emptied himself just the way that we can't grasp our salvation. He emptied himself. He took the form of a slave, and he humbled himself, and he died on a cross. And that's why the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. That's why when you can't pray, especially in times like this with coronavirus, and there's so much fear and there's so much death and there's so much pain and suffering. You know, the word passion for passion Sunday comes from the Latin word pati. Pati, P-A-T-I, means to suffer. And when, when it says the Christ's passion, it means he's suffering for us. And he invites us to enter into the suffering with him. And to unite all of our suffering, all of our fear and anxiety and suffering, united to his. Because in Christ... It makes sense because in Christ, we know that ultimately suffering is going to give way to glory. Suffering is going to give way to death, going to give way to life. Suffering is going to give way to joy. And that's why if in these moments, if it's really hard for you to pray right now, just pray the name of Jesus. That's what the second reading is reminding us. Just pray the name of Jesus. If you're sitting there watching the news, or you're trying to fall asleep at night, or you're worried about your friends or family, just pray the name Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Pray it over and over and over again. God will listen. God has not abandoned us. He is here with us in the midst of this suffering. And then when you get to the main gospel, Matthew chapter 26, verses 14 through chapters 27, verses 66, really take your time. Work through this line by line. Take the time to look up the different footnotes if you have a good study Bible. Take the time to, to underline, to highlight. Take the time to pay attention to details. You'll see a detail like at the Last Supper when Jesus says, someone's going to betray me. And the apostles start saying, well, surely it's not I, Lord. Surely it's not I, Lord. And you know what Judas says? Surely it's not I, Rabbi. He can't even profess that Jesus is Lord. He calls him teacher. He's the only one who doesn't call him Lord. His pride was too great. His arrogance too deep. He just could not humble himself in that way. Those are the kinds of details you want to pay attention to. Those are the kinds of details you want to stop and focus on and pay attention to. Because these are the moments where we see even more deeply into the heart of God. We see even more deeply into how much he loves us. Pay attention as Judas enters into the Garden of Gethsemane and greets him with a kiss. This kiss of peace. Shalom, right? This kiss of peace. That's why we, that's one of the reasons we have a kiss of peace at Mass. Like, that when we sin against our brothers, like sin against our sisters, sin against our family, our friends, our loved ones, our enemies, we're, in essence, becoming like Judas. We're, we're betraying Christ and the other. We're sinning against Christ, not just the other person. And in these moments, we have all these details here in the, in the gospel. You're going to see the moment where, where he's before the Sanhedrin, and he tears his robes. Like the, the chief priest is going to tear his robes. And that sounds, that sounds kind of like, okay, a little overreactive. It wasn't overreactive, you see, because he, they, they, they accused Jesus of blasphemy. And when you, when you blaspheme, okay, it was, it's such a horrendous thing that the priestly tearing of the robes, the, the priest's robes were sacred vestments. So this action is meant to show, oh, my gosh, like I can't believe what he just did. 
you know, says the high priest tears his robes because he's blasphemed. He's trying to show that that he's acted in uh, in a, in a, a blasphemous way, and he's going to act in this way. He's going to have a reaction that's extreme. That's really, really extreme. All these things matter. All these details matter. Enter into the story. Close your eyes. Picture what Judas looks like when he enters in the garden. Picture what Christ looks like when he's sweating blood. Picture what it looks like when Jesus is on a platform standing across from a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. And the crowd who had just hailed him as Hosanna, Hosanna save us, has now turned on us. And they're chanting for Barabbas to be released instead. And brothers and my sisters, go to the foot of the cross, not just with Mary, but with the other women, with John, the beloved son. Go to the foot of the cross, stare up at your king, watch him as he breathes his last, and ask yourself, do I believe that he did this for me? Because my brothers and my sisters, he did. It's a scary time out there. Keep praying. One of the best things you can do this week is really enter into Holy Week. And one of the best ways to do that, especially since we can't get into our churches, is to open up God's Word and dig deep, dive deep, and let the Holy Spirit illuminate your mind and your heart in a new way. God bless you this week. For more Catholic content, check out lifeteam.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And remember to subscribe to this podcast for weekly reflections. God bless. God bless.